Hey, welcome everybody. This is Mike Sherrick, and we're into the gap. We have a new theme song. I like it. Yeah, you know who that is, don't you? Good music is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's Joe Walsh, and uh, I think that was James Gang. That's Funk 49. So that's what you like it. Man. Absolutely. Hey, with me, uh, filling in as my guest host is my good buddy, Will Campbell. Hey, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Hey, you're welcome, dude. Yeah, so... Uh, here we are. This is uh, January 4th, 2020. 2020. Make sure in your checks you don't just put 20, because some dude could put in a f- another number. And I did that four times before I got here. Did you? I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire next week. Okay, good. Yeah. So you're copying checks from someone else. That's awesome. I, yeah. Do not admit to anything. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, man. Uh, listen, today we're going to... I wanted to bring in, you know, everybody, you know, we talked about last week, Bob's not here anymore. So uh, we brought Bill in, uh, I mean, uh, Will in to, to... Bill? Bill. R- really? Wow. That's how we're going to start things. <laughs> no, no, no. By that getting was, my name wrong. That was a, that was a slip you're up. On on a you're know, on a roll. You're on a roll. We brought Will in to, uh, to guest host and to have some fun and to talk and to uh, just take a look at, you know, again, the, the theme of the show is going to be the same. We're going to talk about men and we're going to talk about masculinity. Uh, uh, men, men. Well, uh, uh, not quite barbaric, all different versions, including the well-dressed ones. Oh, right? we, we like the well-dressed ones. Yeah. Nothing like a uh, nice vest. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe some paisley. A little paisley and, and some nice vests. And then we're going to, uh, later on today, we're going to have uh, Catalina Lauf uh, is going to join us. So I thought she was going to be here because she, she would definitely dress up the, the uh, studio. She couldn't hurt it. She, she no, could not. No, because this is not the, we've got faces for radio. That, total faces for radio. And I, I had notes and that was going to be one of the jokes that I was going to use yeah. later at some point. But thanks for uh, going to go that out there. of the way. Yeah, yeah. So what we, what we used to do, and I don't know if we're going to keep doing it, but we used to do this thing because Bob and I were both in construction. And one of the things they do in construction, like what we'll talk about in coaching is the what's so, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in construction, they call it the documentation of existing conditions. It's just like what's going on, right? And so we look at current events and we kind of document what's going on in the world. And there were three things I want to touch on this week. Here we go, folks. And I want to run it by you and see the connection of them, okay? So the first one is the legalization of weed in Illinois. Puff, puff, pass. (laughs) The next one is uh, the thing that happened in Iraq where we whacked the Iranian guy. Okay. <laughs> Love how you're so, the technical term. <laughs> yeah, whacking of the Iranian guy. And then the last one is the University of Wisconsin's performance in the Rose Bowl. Okay. So given that I'm a former Badger season ticket holder and right, you right. are a former Badger. No, 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 no. I am a current Badger. Once a Badger, always a Badger. Okay. Right? Yeah. By the light of the shining moon. Okay. You they, rah, rah, all that. They were inspiring. They, they finished second that day. <sighs> Right, better than that third place team who was. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So they were. So, how do we connect these three? Weed, the Iraqi whacking of the Iranian guy, and Wisconsin. So I, I do, think, do we see it because you're a trend guy. You you can see interconnections of things. Well, so part of it, I, I think you said it in the right order. Yeah. Right, the whacking of the Iranian guy, legalization of, of recre, recreational marijuana right. yep. in in the state of Illinois, yeah. and and the Badgers losing that game horribly uh <laughs> just a bunch of folks were smoking is is w- what had happened yeah uh, with with that one yeah uh but bigger trends um some of it clearly some some social peer pressureness, right the whacking guy in iran you think we had to do something yeah something had to be done yeah although it hadn't been done in years uh i don't know i think you know mr obama was pretty good with the drones he was whacking guys left and right 
He's, he droned a lot of dudes. Not going to dispute that. Yeah. But, you know, he, he droned. He, so you, you start off with, with whacking folks. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, we've kind of got in this habit, like, you know, for the last 19 years or so, where it's kind of like, you know, business as usual, just going around whacking people in different countries because, you know, we don't like what they do. Welcome to America? Right now, I think. Yeah. 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 I, I'm personally not a pro-war guy. Oh, not even close. You know, so I, I would always, I, I would, and there comes a time where you've got to, like when, when 9-11 happened, my response, literally, honestly, and, and again, I'm not, a, would have been to basically carpet bomb Afghanistan, you know, until they gave us the guy and then we would stop carpet bombing him. I would, I would send him a letter, send him an email, dear Mr. <laughs> Afghanistan, <him> a letter. <laughs> dear Mr. <laughs> Afghanistan, you know, listen, please give us this Osama bin Laden guy, or here's the consequence. We're just going to carpet bomb the tarnation out of your little country until it becomes a charcoal briquette. I just love the analogies that you use. Carpet bomb your little country tarnation yeah, a, until it's tarnation. That's the key one. That That's above a word. And and then uh, till it's a briquette. <laughs> till it's a briquette. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I mean. In response to what happened, I think that's appropriate, right? The, the, the Colin Powell... Uh, doctrine, which is avoid war at all costs, which he, he took from the art of war in Sun Tzu, mm-hmm. avoid war of all costs. And what he said was, and this is Colin Powell, it's just a great American, a great American hero, actually led a war effort that made sense only time in my lifetime, right? And his thing was, if you got to go, go in such a way that it inflicts generational damage such that those people will always think about what they were doing as to avoid this in the future. You know, it's like leave a mark. Oh, absolutely. Like if you're going to go, go. Well, yeah, if you're going to do it, do it yeah. big, shock and awe. Yeah. And again, love Sun Tzu. Uh, there was this this movie, mm-hmm. um, Ender's Game. Okay. And, and there's this one great scene Isn't where- is Arnold in there? No. no. I thought Arnold was in that one. No, I, I, I don't it. think yeah. so. It's, okay. it's little kids fighting oh. war for the country okay. uh, on a global universal scale. Uh, so Ender, who mm-hmm. ends up, you know, the, the namesake of this movie, yeah. he's in the bathroom. He's yeah. getting picked on. He's little geek, but brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. Bigger, stronger dude comes in to kick his butt, yeah. right? So Ender prepares, and he sort of puts the hand soap all over him so he can't mm-hmm. grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, ends up winning the fight. Mm-hmm. Guy's down. Yeah. Then he kicks him yeah. while he's down. Yeah. Then he hits him some more. Yeah. And no one's, it's, this is in a school setting, and no one's expelled, but they mm-hmm. said, Ender, you had won the fight. What was that kick for? Mm-hmm. Well, getting him down was, you know, so I could win. That was self-defense. Kicking him while he was down was to make sure that he never did it again. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, what and, and that's kind of what it's about. It's, you know, we've gone, you know, there was, uh, and, and I don't, again, the whole idea of war is just, it, it's, to me, war is the ultimate breakdown in human communication. Oh, ab- absolutely. Right. It, especially when you look at some of the, the causes of war or the impetus or what starts it. Yeah. It's like, what, you're really going to destroy generations for that, that piece of land or for the fact that they don't believe the same thing that you believe or well it's real estate and religion typically is what's behind it, both of them bingo you know um so yeah it's it's always odd and it it, it seems to me just a a bad idea and i would hope that up until 75 years ago the history of our country was that we when we did go there was this element of righteousness or it made sense or something, I would think. 
you know, except for the little skirmish we had in the middle of the 1800s, which was a whole nother thing. That little one. Yeah. That little the, one. Right. Skirmish. It's skirmish. Yeah. No, <laughs> another good word today, Mike. Yeah. Another good word. I'm breaking out the words, dude. Tarnation, yeah. you'll like that. Yeah, tarnation was, was really good. I broke out my inner Bubba for that one. You <laughs> yeah, know? you did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. So yeah, but uh, Wisconsin was horrible. Wisconsin was horrible. They they had flashes of I won't say greatness. They had Did flashes they? of competency. Okay, <laughs> yes, is, is is what had happened. Maybe flashes, flashes of competency. Of competency. Yeah. Uh, but m- my big takeaway from the game, and this may play into the, the overall theme of these three. Yeah. Um, you can't win if you take yourself out of the game. Correct. Right. When when you turn the ball over four times, yeah. The other team capitalizes and scores. Yeah. Um, you've got no chance of winning. Yeah. Uh, and and I that may be the tie, but I'll, I'll reserve that until we we discuss the uh, legalized marijuana thing. Yeah, legalized marijuana, man. You know, I always thought that would be the best thing ever, right? Thought what changed? Um, how poorly it's been done, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, how can you take a good idea and then put so much bureaucracy and nonsense in it and create a create a price point? That actually makes black market marijuana more desirable. Yeah, welcome to America. Did I say that before? Yeah, you did. Because um. here's what I think is going to happen, which is I think this is a boon for, like, the pot dealers. Oh, 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 my gosh. The, 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 absolutely. You know? Um, and, and I love the way people have been posting their weed receipts. Yeah. Uh, if only back in the 70s, people had the internet and could <laughs> post the weed receipts. So, you know, oh not my. to go to, to Jimmy. He's got this uh, 30% tax oh, uh, with exactly. Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I just had flashbacks of sitting in the skull house breaking up pounds, you know? Pounds. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had a pretty cool enterprise back then, you know, which is now I'm, I'm exonerated from, you know? Yeah, doing what I did 40 years ago, man, I was like, uh, criminal now it's like an entrepreneur right oh, oh, oh visionary entrepreneur. visionary entrepreneur visionary yeah. entrepreneur yeah um yeah so yeah a lot of bureaucracy a lot of red tape a uh, lot of people still left out of the game right because in, unless you uh from my understanding of mm-hmm. the whole business unless you've got one of the very few licenses yeah. or permits or or and, contracts hey welcome back this is mike sherrick with my guest host will campbell and this is into the gap and uh, hey, welcome back, man. Hey, thanks for having me back. So I'm curious, what had you say yes to my invitation? Wow, no transition here, right? No, I was ready no. to talk about weed again. No, no uh, we're, done with, <laughs> we're done with weed. We're, well, I've been smoking a lot of it, so it's like the, <laughs> my attention span is... No, I haven't been smoking a lot of it. I used to smoke a lot of pot. I don't smoke it anymore. Really? I, something I never just you never, you got never into. Oh, um, dude, I didn't... Like Clint, I, I didn't inhale. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did, man. I just saw something about bongs today. That was hilarious. Like, oh my god! Like, I haven't seen a bong in like forty years. Oh, it's yeah. so, so so funny. I was just on a vacation with the family. You, yeah. you know this. We went down to Memphis, and somehow marijuana came up. I, I we've well, got super, like a fourteen, 14 yeah. right? And yeah. I I'm pretty sure I was giving him a hard time about not doing, yeah. meaning don't do it. Yeah. Um, and someone asked what a bong was. <laughs> and I, I felt so hurt as a parent that my 14-year-old didn't know what a bong was. Oh, wow. Um, so he gave him a quick education that, like, 30 things in the room could be bongs. Um, he, I think he was just so disappointed in me after that. That you knew? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, yeah, I used to love bongs. Uh, 
<laughs> I remember we once had a bong competition, if you can think of something so ridiculous. Wow. It went on for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was stupid. It was really stupid. But that was the 70s, man. That's what we did. So, so yeah, getting back to you. What had you, uh, what had you say, yeah? So, it, so one, the connection with you, obviously. Okay. You, you know, it's like, it's my boy Mike's calling. Yeah. Let, let's see what this is all well, about. I, I appreciate that. Uh, two, um, one of those things I kind of always wanted to do, right? Yeah. To, to reach the masses. Yeah. Uh, to, to get out there and, and share who I am as a person and, mm-hmm. uh, and my views because I've kind of made a career of, of not doing that to a certain right. extent. Right, right. Uh, sometimes playing it safe. That was, that was one of my concerns this morning when I was in the shower. Is, I mean, you've got a nice career going for you, working at a very well-known, large international company. Who we won't name. Who we won't name. And, um, yeah, and, and some of the – we don't skirt the edges here too often. We pretty much go in, you know, and deal with the stuff and ask the questions and, and without knowing the answers. Yeah. So, it, you know, it can occur as risky. So far it's worked. But it can occur as risky, and, it, and there have been people that have gotten uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We've, we've had um, sponsors both quit and not take us on because of – yeah, there was one person we were talking to a sponsor, and she goes, are you guys controversial? I said, hell yeah, we're controversial. <laughs> Love that you took that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she's like, oh, well, I don't know if we can do that. I said, I get it. You know? So it, it's just – it's. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of what this is about. Cause this whole thing is about just the idea of like talking about masculinity is controversial. And, you know, the idea of talking about freedom can be con- controversial. So, Hey, we got our guest on. Nice. You want to take her? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to talk. Did I mention earlier that we're going to have Catalina Love? Uh, yeah. You, you, the, you mentioned it. Yeah. And so she's calling in, she was going to be here today and she couldn't make it cause they were at a Trump rally or something in Algonquin. I just got a message from her, her guy, Chris. And uh, so, Catalina, are you there? Hello? Hi. Yes, come on, guys. How are you doing? Hey, welcome. How are you doing? We haven't met face-to-face, so I don't know you, but you don't know me, but we're getting to know each other now, so that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to, to meet you over the phone then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's I'm glad you guys let us know that you were going to be late, and it would have been better if you were here, but we're going to make this work. So, awesome. So how. Next time. Yeah, absolutely. How was the rally? It was great. Uh, was Mr. Was Trump there? No, no, no. Oh. It was uh, a group put it together, uh, and but a great turnout. Yeah, a lot of loyal supporters there. I mean, it's it's a cold day out here in in Illinois. Fourteen. I mean, thirty three degrees snow mm-hmm. on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. People were standing out there for hours, and that that's true loyalty. So where'd you have it at? Uh, it was Algonquin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I live in the district, yeah. but I live on the south end of the district. I live down in Naperville. So that's, oh, great. that's okay. why I'm so interested in this race because I was a supporter of Lauren Underwood and my partner here, Will, he lives in Oak Park. So he's, uh, he lives in the Soviet nation of Oak Park. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. And I was just going to say, yeah, I've, I've got no, no stakes in the game right yeah. now. So, uh, I'll sit back and listen and try to balance Mike out where I have to <laughs> keep me from jumping off. Yeah. But, uh, so in, in how I got involved was I was, uh, I was really involved in Lauren's campaign when she was running as a, in the primaries. Right. And I, I knew her mom, and I got to know her a little bit. And I was I was a little concerned, given that she was a Democrat, and I'm not a Democrat per se. And uh, it was cool that I mean, smoked in the in the primary, and then um, 
as she started gaining some momentum, I noticed things change. And I became incredibly disappointed. And when she got to Washington, it was, uh, you know, all bets were off. I mean, she aligned with, uh, with AOC. So um, I'm curious, what, what has you running for Congress? I mean, you're a young woman and it's, uh, yeah, what, what has you like step in and say, this is what I want to do? You know, it comes down to the fact that we cannot afford uh, to continue on uh, in the path that our country is going, especially on a congressional level. Mm -hmm. These unhinged Democrats, uh, Lauren included, are just not living in a reality. Uh, I mean, they're, you know, you mentioned you supported her, and I'm sure a lot of Democrats uh, saw somebody like Lauren as, she campaigned originally as a moderate. Yeah. Uh, she obviously had um, very deep ties with the Obama administration mm-hmm. uh, from the from the get go. But uh, to to see where people like herself and and others have completely gone so far off the deep end from a, a, a socialist perspective yeah. in terms of policy, but also in a destructive, uh, dangerous type of rhetoric. Um, what they what they talk about and the way that they talk about yeah. things. I mean, you wonder what their motives are um, when you have somebody like Lauren who calls the majority of her district racist and sexist. I mean, that's not how we talk to each other out here. Well, no, it's I, really not. And, and that's one of the reasons. Because listen, I mean, she's she went to the same school as my kid did. She's uh, I think she's two years older than my son, so they went to Nikwa together, right? And um, She's from the neighborhood, you know, you want to be for her and, you know, you get into this whole democratic thing in Washington and it gets kind of weird. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. It just shows that, that somebody like her and the rest of the squad are willing to pander to and cave really into what, um, causes this, you know, almost sensationalism. What, what is sexy out there in their ivory tower in in D.C. without actually looking at how their language and how their policies are directly affecting their constituents. And frankly, that's the whole point of of a representative. I mean, the power is with the people. And Republican or Democrat, you know, God willing, um, you know, I do, if I win uh, through this primary, when I win, uh, I would want moderate Democrats and independents that are reasonable to support a candidate like myself. Um, you can't just alienate uh, a particular party or uh, or people just to pander to what the media wants. And that's what the, the left is doing heavily right now. Yeah. That's what the women well, like AOC and Lauren Underwood. Well, especially doing. Lauren Underwood. I mean, Lauren Underwood is like a lackey for Mika Brzezinski. I mean, it's, it's disgusting, actually. So, Catalina, what would you do differently? Yeah. What, what's, what's your plan to bridge that gap and not pander to your party or uh, any populist folks? Sure. You know, I, number one, it's, it's all about um, character and the way that you um, comport yourself, right? I mean, I'm uh, working in the private sector. Uh, I know what, what, what servant leadership looks like. I've had incredible managers and bosses and I've also had really bad ones but also when that translates to politics uh, I think everybody in Congress should be a servant leader and the way that you do that is by listening to your constituents by 
um, ensuring that you that they feel that their voices are heard, but also um, handling situations like, for example, we can talk about you know um, what just happened recently uh, in in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Uh, not yelling at each other and not just attacking a certain side uh, because of a decision or any sort of policy uh, is where you start. Yeah. You know, have some class when you're talking about policy. And these women do not do that. They immediately go on Twitter. They immediately go out into <laughs> the media and they just start yelling at people. And and how that translates into people, people should not be losing friends over politics, right? We should be coming together as people. Let's look at ways that we can bridge the gap um, as humans, what connects us to people, and then how we can find uh, bipartisan support on policy issues, things like immigration reform, things like health care. These things need to have bipartisan support. And the more that people are politicizing it and leaders are politicizing it, the, the farther away we're going from what our founders intended and what we should be as a republic. Yeah. She, she hit on some of your themes there, my friend. She, she absolutely hit on some of them, and it, it sounds real good. Uh, not that I'm doubting no, anything no. that you're going to do, Catalina, well, but, well, but that, that's, we tend to hear that, that from, from politicians. That was my question, right? So, Catalina, I, one of the things I've heard from people who've gone to Congress, right, is um, they, they show up, and, and you're the first person, you know, say you win, okay? And then somebody like a Jim Jordan shows up and says, hey, listen, this is the way you're going to be, and if you don't, what's going to happen is we're going to primary you. How do you deal with that? Are you there? Yeah, bring it on. Uh, not necessarily Jim Jordan. I mean, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Jim Jordan, too, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Some kind of political opposition. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what? I, it's, it's funny because let the people decide, right? I mean, this primary, for example, here in the 14th, um, you have very establishment candidates, very career politicians in mm-hmm. this primary. Um, and then somebody like myself comes in and really kind of disrupts the whole thing, right? Yeah. I think the people ultimately decide. And, you know, pe- people can try to play politics. And again, not necessarily Jim Jordan, but let's say, let's yeah, say anybody, um, the Republicans, right, going against another Republican. Well, look, I saw that firsthand. I, uh, Republicans and, and possibly a Democrat here try to kick me off the ballot. Catalina, we're going to take a break. So just if you willing to stick around for a while and and hang in with us. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I get you. Like, it's so clear that, you know, this thing gets so ugly. So Uh, and I love what you said. So uh, let's get back in a couple minutes and then we'll continue this conversation. Okay. Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry once said, a coach is someone who has you see what you don't want to see and has you hear what you don't want to hear. So you can always be the person you knew yourself to be. Hello, I'm Mike Sherrick, founder and president of the Mike Sherrick Group and Mike Sherrick Coaching. We are an executive coaching and leadership development organization with offices in Berwyn, Illinois and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Successful organizations begin with the self-awareness and authenticity of its leaders. And in today's world, we are all leaders. If you or your organization has a big vision or you know there's another level you can go to, please give us a call at 630-643-6336. If you're one of the first three people who call us today, you will be eligible for a free IMX leadership assessment and debrief, a $550 value free to you and your organization. So give us a call at 630-643-6336 and take it on. 
And this is Into the Gap, and we've got a guest, Catalina Lau. She's running for the Congressional District, Illinois 14. So welcome, Catalina. Are you there? Thanks. Thanks for having you guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks for being here again. I so I was telling Will on the on the break. I said it's we've had uh, we had Danny Maloff here, and we also had uh, Jim Oberweiss here. And there's another guy I can't remember his name that we've got coming in a couple of weeks. Who's going to be here? Because we I really want people to get the word out on on all the candidates. I actually what I'd love to do is host a an Illinois 14 Republican debate, but uh, putting it all together seems like a more of a challenge than I'm willing to take on personally. So, uh, but th- <laughs> that would be something I would love to, cause, cause it's really interesting. There's uh there's a, I think Danny's no longer in the race, right? Did he drop out? No. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, yeah. Think, I think he ran out of money and, um, and he couldn't do it, but you know, Danny's a strict constitutionalist, you know, uh, you're, you know, you're very engaging and very appealing and, and really meet the demographic to take Lauren on head to head uh, you know, I'm, I'm concerned with Jim. I like him. I've, I've met him and I, I think a lot of him, but I'm concerned with him being the old white guy, uh, you know, running against, you know, Lauren Underwood, that, you know, the, the beating he would take from the press on that would just be unrelenting, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, we would lose the seat. Definitely. Um, we can't afford that, but also, I mean, I'm concerned with some of his, just who he is as a person, uh, was not somebody I would want representing me. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That's why we got different people here. So, Catalina, I'm, I'm just out of curiosity. Uh, who's the type of person that you want to represent you? Can I say myself? Um, okay. <laughs> well, that's always that, that was the give me yeah, answer. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think so. If I weren't running, um, mm-hmm. I want, and I, I think a lot of people would agree with me on this. Is we need people who. And this is what, you know, who I am at my core and why I'm also running is people who are, number one, going to be strong constitutional conservatives, um, listen to your constituents, and Mm -hmm. and give the power back to the people, Mm -hmm. but also be a lion on on a national scale. For far too long, Republicans have have sat out on uh, a lot of debates on the national scale on policy. Mm-hmm. And we cannot afford that. We are in a digital era, in a media digital era, where politics is changing. Um, again, somebody like AOC has a platform of 5 million people. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have fierce voices on our side, on the Republican side, mm-hmm. we're lost as a party. Because President Trump cannot be out there alone fighting on issues, but also what happens after a Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. And and I'm committed to doing that. And that's what I would want in a representative, not a backbencher, somebody who's not gonna um not gonna back down when the left is rabid and getting worse. Uh it's time we fight back. So I'd love to get your take on some of the some of the issues that we're faced with, okay? So um Donald Trump's the president of the country, right? And there's half the people in this country, you know, are just completely irritated by him. And the other half are like incredibly loyal to him, right? And I'm, I'm one of the people that I, I don't mind what he's done, but I find him as a human being to be a challenge, right? And one of the things that I do have an issue with is he's, he, you know, because I, I think I'm a strict constitutional conservative, but I would call myself an independent. 
And one of the things I don't like is the amount of money he's spending and how the budget, the deficit continues to grow. What do you have to say about that? Look, I think obviously, you know, debt is is a huge issue and it's something that we definitely need to address. Mm -hmm. But I will say that some of the issues and the policies that he's spending money on now Mm -hmm. are things that should have been done a long time ago. So to say that, you know, it's all of his or, oh, no, I'm not saying um, it's all his fault. It's been going on for, for his, a long time. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying at all. No, but the left, the left tries to, well, and, and but people try to claim that, well, now he's overspending. It's like, well, where was, where was fiscal conservatism under the Obama administration? Why are we putting money into um, social programs and, and agencies and different uh, departments funding XYZ knows what. The last time uh, we didn't no have a deficit was in the Clinton administration. So it's been a, it's been quite a while. And that got constructed a lot with right. some of the and Reagan po- po- policies, right? Sure. And yeah. so now you have a president that is actually trying to spend on not only what's happening at the at the border, so mm-hmm. helping the immigration reform, putting resources down mm-hmm. there to to have a safe and secure border, mm-hmm. military spending. These things are, are necessary, mm-hmm. and we do need to have a balanced budget, and we do need fiscal conservatives to, to pull back. But but it's it's so much more complicated, and it's easy to just say that um, you know he he's increasing and, and spending money when these things needed to be spent on, and we need to be cutting spending in other areas. I also working in Washington. When you have a Democrat-controlled Congress mm-hmm. that refuses to let up from the first strings, you find yourself in a very difficult position because mm-hmm. these guys will not let up on any sort of cut in whatever they want um, in their piece of the pie. That's very tough, too. I think we would have a better balanced budget if Republicans uh, control the House here in 2020 and, and also the president, though, on things that we do need to be spending money on. Well, see, wow, that's interesting because you you were also talking about you know bipartisanship, and so you, you I pick yeah, up the same thing. For sure. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm getting really weary of the constant battling back and forth, and and I don't know how do we how do we create an environment of bipartisanship? You know, when I think of the when I think of really workable government, I think of Tip O'Neill and Ron Reagan actually working together, you know, and how, how do we get create, it doesn't have to go back in time, but how do we create an actual situation where we can actually have conversation and find those, those, those core components and what can you, uh, what can you bring to that party? Cause you had mentioned that earlier. And if I can just yeah. Yeah. add on to that, yeah. um, how do you do that without blaming the other side? Yeah. You know, when you have somebody like Nancy Pelosi, who's Speaker of the House, that caved into the far left agenda, mm-hmm. yeah. that's bad leadership. That's yeah. somebody that is creating this divide in a bad way. I think we need better leadership. I think we need, if more Democrats led by example and said, look, uh, we're going to be moderate here, this far left mm-hmm. uh, pressure that that people that the Democrats, the younger Democrats are pushing, mm-hmm. um, it's not how we're going to get things solved. I think it takes people to wake up and say, no, you know, I was really disappointed that more Democrats didn't vote against impeachment because it just shows that they were doing it because Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the, yeah. her crew 
us force them into that. And, uh, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, I understand. You have good leaders. Like, you know, there, there's this, and there's this distinction in coaching called enrollment. And what that is, it's sharing your vision such that others are moved and inspired by what you share. And I think that's something that if we could bring to government would be a huge, huge, huge uh, missing, don't you think? Uh, absolutely, it's, it's missing. But I also want to take from the answer sure. that that was given. Yeah, there may not be an answer to that question, right? Because right. when when asked how do you become more bipartisan mm-hmm. and uh, come together, and the answer is them, them, they. If they follow bad leadership, again, you're still right. hitting the other side. Versus this is what I'm responsible for. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I also just think it's the people, though. I think I think it's just this Congress. I do believe that there are Democrats out there, either that they're going to run in the future or are, you know, possibly sitting there now that and are very reasonable. And and it's just a very contentious time right now. And I I hope and I have so much hope in the future that uh, we are going to go back to a place where both parties are working together because that's what needs to happen, right? I mean, um, not only from a policy standpoint, but also from uh, just a character perspective. And I am for that. If you got um, elected, could we count on you for that? Absolutely. There, awesome. We have to come to the table. Look, look, immigration reform needs to be solved in a bipartisan way. Um, yeah. But it's not going to be by these far left ideology. It's really See, not going to be solved that way. And that's what you're seeing from this Congress. That's one of the things that appeals to me about you is, especially in the area of immigration reform is, I mean, your, your mom was an immigrant from Guatemala, right? Yeah. 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 So you've got kind of firsthand understanding of how it really works as opposed to the ideolo- ideological purity test that unfortunately is being argued on both sides right now. So I'm, I'm just going to be really crazy right now. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, look out. So Catalina, you, you said something that uh, was of interest to me. Uh, you said it's really hard with this Congress and with this Congress. So uh, if it were possible, would you be in favor of wiping out everyone in Congress, not killing, just removing them <laughs> and starting over? Is that something you'd be in favor of? I don't know. That's up to the people to decide in their district. It's not up to me. Oh, that's to a good political answer. That really was a great <laughs> political answer. <laughs> hey, I, I got I got one more question for you, Catalina. Um, one of the things yeah. that uh, I'm really curious on it, it's as as a strict constitutional conservative, monopolies to me are very scary. Okay, and what's your position with big technology? That's a tough one. Um, you know, big tech. I know. It's real tough. Uh, and I, monopolies are a problem. I do, I firmly believe that. It's something I think the founders also feared. Um, competition is, is good. Yeah. And there needs to be a, um, definitely a middle ground on on that issue. And, mm-hmm. and I think that is an area where both, Republicans and Democrats can come together. Yeah. Um, and going back to your question or your you know previous point on let's find issues where we can find common ground, right? And and big tech is, is one of them, mm-hmm. uh, especially with censorship. I mean, yeah. um, it's it's definitely an issue. Um, do I believe in completely putting a handcuff on on private companies? Absolutely not. But when you have companies that are getting massive and they're control, they're dominating a market. Uh, where is that middle ground? Yeah. Uh, so I, I that's a good question, and it's something that's definitely going to be coming up here a lot um, as these grow. 
But also, why aren't other companies coming in and, and trying to dominate that market space too, well, right? Other social media Well, it's, it has, it's a bit, way bigger question than that. There's all kinds of reasons. And, and, yeah. And right. Also, when someone gets some momentum, they get bought by the system. Anyway, Catalina, we got to go. Thank you so much for being part of our show. We really appreciate it. And I Thank hope you. I hope you could Thank come you. into the studio so we can actually see each other face to face. It's a don't I do it, Catalina. You don't want to see him. That. No, don't. <laughs> okay. Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrick. I'm with my co-host Will Campbell, and this is Into the Gap. So I want to screw up your name again. I, I was going to say I feel like you struggle saying my name. Well, I'm so- Will Campbell is so much easier than Mike Sherrick. No, Shark. no, I've been, I've, Shrek. Shut up. Scree, scree. You're an idiot. I've been scree, like, scree. I go on automatic, and it was Bob Ponarelli for like eight months. So, are you telling me Bob Ponarelli is easier to say than Will Campbell? No, it's ingrained. We're creating new neural pathways here, my friend. Okay, so you have difficulty with change, is I, what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Okay, just yeah. wanted to clarify. Just wanted to clarify. <laughs> I'm, an old, I'm an old white dude. What part of that does not hang? Right? Come on. I'm an idiot. So, hey, listen, we got some giveaways. Anybody out there listening who would like some tickets to the uh, what is this? The uh, Lake Home and Cabin Show, January 10th and 11th. Uh, be the first to call in, and we will give you some tickets. Um, it's January. Uh, it, uh, oh, yeah. It's January uh, 10th through the 12th. And it's, I don't even know. It's in Schaumburg. It's the Schaumburg Convention Center. There you go. So there you go. You can go and look at cabins and log homes and lake homes and stuff like that, I think. Right? Makes sense. They, they named it appropriately. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, if you, if you want some tickets... Please feel free to call in and, uh, yeah, help yourself. Not going to do like a 10th caller or No, caller I said first or... one. First one I call. First one. So yeah. the first one gets all those tickets. They can get, well, you know what? The first two callers can get four tickets each. How's that? <laughs> How's that? I, I just feel like you're limiting opportunity to the general public, Mike. <laughs> Let's see how many people call in and then <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Most people that listen to this show don't listen, aren't in Chicago. Most people listen to this, this show. You know, we got a guy that listens to us that's in Africa. Really? Yeah. yeah. And you say that like I should know him. I, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> aren't you all together, right? You people, <laughs> right? Oh, oh, you mean, okay, I know exactly who you're talking about. No, I, I forgot what the, the guy's a, a professional football player. Nice. In, uh, it's, it's Western Africa. I, I can't remember what, what country it was in, but he sent us, he sent me a Twitter and it was, that was really interesting. So, yeah, it's yeah, we've got a lot of reach all over. We've got a lot of people in California listen to us. California of all places, right? I buy California. That, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, here we are. It's, um, we're in our last segment. We've got a few minutes left to go. How's right it been on. going for you so far? So far, so good. Yeah. Uh, got a little nervous when uh, we brought the, the political guest on. Why? Uh, you know, it's like, oh, what, what she's saying. Hey, but... It's like, hey, let's just see where this goes. Yeah. And, and I, I liked where it went. Yeah. Listen, we're, uh, we're an equal opportunity uh, space for everyone. This is really, you know, this is really what it's about, Will. It, it, it's like what we talked about. It, it's, it's for an exchange of ideas. And Love listen, it. I have no need for people to agree with me. Zero. Clearly. I know. And so, like, I don't care, man. I just want to know. You know, that's how I grow, man. I, I don't want everyone to agree with me. I don't want people to kiss my bum. I want people to challenge me. And uh, Having your bum kissed is kind of fun. You, it you, depends on the context you, of it. You know? Right. But the thing that you bring up is that, you know, this, this idea that we're more alike than different is something that I really, really, um, I think needs to be brought up more. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Absolutely. We were talking before the show. Um, I'm, I'm really starting to embrace it. That's, that's my life's purpose to yeah. get people to understand that we truly do have more in common than indifference. Yeah. Um, just in this room, and there's just me and you in the yeah. room, yeah. standing us up side by side, we couldn't be any more different. Right. Right. Because it, the differences are easy. Uh, we're taught early on from Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other, right. um, to pick out those differences. And we're good at it, and we're really good at it. Yeah. And then we learn not to like those differences. Uh, it's much more of a conversation. It's much more of a challenge. Uh, it's much more fun mm-hmm. to find out what the commonalities are. Would you remember the first time we met what the commonality was? Um, accomplishment coaching. No, no, no. The first time we met, the commonality, the thing that drew me to you, were two guys from Berwyn. Did that come up in the very first in thing? the very first time, yeah. Okay. That's when I met. You, you, you said you were from Berwyn. And, and, and I had to deal with all of my biases and all the things I thought about Berwyn and all the experiences I had in Berwyn and my life in Berwyn, right? And to be standing there with talking to this really bright black dude, and you're from Berwyn? I'm like, it, <laughs> dude, it like rearranged everything, like doing the Rubik's Cube in like two and a half seconds. Like, we're whoa, everywhere, whoa, whoa. Mike. No, we're we're no, everywhere. it's not that. It's not that. No, it's... It's, 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 and I, I love that because you openly yeah. wrote a book on yeah. your experiences in Berwyn, which, yeah. which is really, really cool that that was the, the sort of first thought that you had when we met. Yeah, no, it really it was like, whoa, this is so not aligned with my normal belief system. Like we talked about earlier, like the giving up your position, that's all it takes. So when I met you, I had to instantly give up my position, A, because it was wrong, right? Always helps. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and I was able to recognize it. But B, in giving it up, a whole new world opened up, right? Yeah. And so that's what that's what was so cool about it. And that's what I enjoyed so much about, um, uh, you know, when we first got together and then everything else that came from that. You know? So and, and, uh, and You I, ride really weird motorcycles, but that's <laughs> other. Hey, we, we, we all don't like lazy boys with wheels. <laughs> Oh my God. shake apart and screws and oh, oil they, leaks. That is so not. Uh, oh I'm, I'm just saying. God, that is so I'm, not. I'm just really. Should, I, I, I've got my phone. I can do an internet search right now. Okay. Guarantee I, the first 15 articles on the bike that you ride about oil leaks. Because there's some haters out there, my friend. I, you know what? I've had six of them. Never had one oil leak. Keep it in my garage. No pans. Nothing. Yeah, a couple key things there. One, six. I've had the same one for years. Well, I've had the same one since 2011. I just would have them for 18 months, and I get another one, and then I get another one, and I get another one, and then I because of the oil leaks. No, 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 no. Because I kept upgrading, and I got now. You saw my bike. My bike is like your bike is like my car. My bike is the truth, man. Your bike is the truth. (laughs) (laughs) My bike. My bike is bad. Right. (laughs) It's black and it's chrome and it's big, you know, and it, they don't make them any bigger. That, that's true. Fair that's, enough. Okay. That's 950 pounds of Milwaukee iron there, man. And when 950 you, pounds. Yeah. When you lay it down or it falls over, it's a bear to get back up. So Yeah. Well, and I love those pickups. So if you've never seen how to pick up a motorcycle, especially something as big as, as what Mike rides, YouTube it, Google it, whatever. It, it's it's kind of amazing. There's a thing to it. There's yeah. there's a thing to it. Yeah. There's I, a thing to I, I it. I had to pick mine up two, two, two years ago. Oh. There was a, yeah, I got caught in a really bad windstorm and, you know, it was 80 mile an hour winds and it got caught sideways and it fell over. It rolled over. I stopped, but it rolled over. I was trying to keep it up. It like being pelted. And next thing I know, it's like, oh man. Boom. Worst feeling in the world. Oh, uh, you feel really dumb. Honestly, worse than dropping a kid. Uh, <laughs> 
sometimes <laughs> you're holding a, a kid and, and they squirm and they they're and reaching they, for stuff and they and, bounce back and they bounce sure. back right yeah. and then you've got a great story well we did drop you on your head when you were three yeah and then yeah. it all makes sense but when you yeah. drop your motorcycle yeah it's not good and when it's black it's going to leave a scratch and there's a whole thing and it's like yeah. it, oh and the chrome yeah craziness yeah, yeah so well cool man so so yeah so um yeah that's what th- th- this is what the show's about it's kind of uh we had a lot of goofing around today but it's really about talking about um you know what it means to to be responsible in this country right now right yeah because we're given you know i'm not a big one on privilege but there is a privilege when you are raised and born and grow up in america yeah it's it there's it's a a unique country unto itself for sure and we get caught up on words and folks listening in radio land can't see me i'm I'm doing air quotes when you say privilege people instantly turn off and get defensive but they they dig into their stuff they're they're not willing to let it go they're not willing to see the other side just because of that Mm -hmm. word but i i agree with you there's there's a a, a certain amount of it that everyone in this country has Well, well and i think with privilege comes responsibility you know, like and, being and, a superhero, and I, huh? Like being a superhero, like being a superhero. Great power so. comes great responsibility. Yeah. So, well, man, our day is almost over. We got about forty-five more seconds. Best work day ever. Best work day. Just ever. like for real. Good. Good. <laughs> well, good, man. You want to come back? I think that might be in order. Okay. Good. Yeah. So we'll have you come back again, and uh, we'll do this some more. But uh, it's really been great having you here, man. It's just cool to hang out with you, and it's uh, cool to to engage and. You gave the little girl a hard time. Nice. Thanks for the opportunity. Love it. Yeah. So we're going to roll. This is Mike and Will Campbell, and this is Into the Gap, and we're going to wrap it up, guys. We'll be back next week. And next week, our guest is Peter Scott, coach extraordinaire, and he's going to talk about entrepreneurialism uh, and what it's going to take to be an exceptional entrepreneur. So that's next week. See you. Bye. Bye, all.